Chapter Five of *The Happy Hypocrite* by Max Beerbohm. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Five. One morning, as he was helping Jenny to water the flowers, he said to her suddenly, "Sweetheart, we had forgotten." "What was there we should forget?" asked Jenny, looking up from her task. "'Tis the anniversary of our wedding," her husband answered gravely. "We must not let it pass without some celebration." no indeed she said we must not what shall we do between them they decided upon an unusual feast they would go into the village and buy a bag of beautiful buns and eat them in the afternoon so soon then as all the flowers were watered they set forth to herbert's shop bought the buns and returned home in very high spirits george bearing a paper bag that held no less than twelve of the wholesome delicacies under the plane tree on the lawn jenny sat her down and george stretched himself at her feet they were loath to enjoy their feast too soon they dallied in childish anticipation on a little rustic table jenny built up the buns one above another till they looked like a tall pagoda when very gingerly she had crowned the structure with the twelfth bun her husband looked on with admiration she clapped her hands and danced about it she laughed so loudly for though she was only sixteen years old she had a great sense of humour that the table shook and alas the pagoda tottered and fell to the lawn swift as a kitten jenny chased the buns as they rolled hither and thither over the grass catching them deftly with her hand then she came back flushed and merry under her tumbled hair with her arm full of buns she began to put them in the paper bag dear husband she said looking down to him why do not you too smile at my folly your grave face rebukes me smile or i shall think i vex you please smile a little but the mask could not smile of course it was made for a mirror of true love and it was grave and immobile i am very much amused dear he said at the fall of the buns but my lips will not curve to a smile love of you has bound them in spell but i can laugh though i love you i do not understand and she wondered he took her hand in his and stroked it gently wishing it were possible to smile some day perhaps she would tire of this monotonous gravity this rigid sweetness it was not strange that she should long for a little facial expression they sat silently jenny what is it he whispered suddenly for jenny with wide-open eyes was gazing over his head across the lawn why do you look frightened there is a strange woman smiling at me across the palings she said i do not know her her husband's heart sank somehow he dared not turn his head to the intruder she is nodding to me said jenny i think she is foreign for she has an evil face do not notice her he whispered does she look evil very evil and very dark she has a pink parasol her teeth are like ivory do not notice her think it is the anniversary of our wedding dear i wish she would not smile at me her eyes are like bright blots of ink let us eat our beautiful buns oh she is coming in george heard the latch of the gate jar forbid her to come in whispered jenny i am afraid 
he heard the jar of heels on the gravel path yet he dared not turn only he clasped jenny's hand more tightly as he waited for the voice it was la gambogis pray pray pardon me I, I could not mistake the back of so old a friend with the courage of despair george turned and faced the woman even she smiled though his face has changed uh, marvellously madam he said rising to his full height and stepping between her and his bride begone i command you from this garden i do not see what good is to be served by the renewal of our acquaintance acquaintance murmured la gambogie with an arch of her beetle brows surely we were friends rather nor is my esteem for you so dead that i would crave estrangement madam rejoined lord george with a tremor in his voice you see me happy living very peacefully with my bride to whom i beseech you old friend present me i would not he said hotly desecrate her sweet name by speaking it with so infamous a name as yours your choler hurts me old friend said la gambogi sinking composedly upon the garden seat and smoothing the silk of her skirts jenny said george then do you retire pending this lady's departure to the cottage but jenny clung to his arm i were less frightened at your side she whispered do not send me away suffer her pretty presence said la gambogi indeed i am come this long way from the heart of the town that i may see her no less than you george my wish is only to befriend her why should she not set you a mannerly example giving me welcome come and sit by me little bride for i have things to tell you though you reject my friendship give me at least the slight courtesy of audience i will not detain you over long will be gone very soon are you expecting guests george on dirait une masque champêtre she eyed the couple critically your wife's mask she said is even better than yours what does she mean whispered jenny oh send her away serpent was all george could say crawl from our eden ere you poison with your venom its fairest denizen la gambogi rose even my pride she cried passionately knows certain bounds i have been forbearing but even in my zeal for friendship i will not be called serpent i will indeed be gone from this rude place yet ere i go there is a boon i will deign to beg show me oh show me but once more the dear face i have so often caressed the lips that were dear to me george started back what does she mean whispered jenny in memory of our old uh, friendship continued la gambogi grant me this piteous favour show me your own face but for one instant and i vow that i will never again remind you that i live intercede for me little bride bid him unmask for me you have more authority over him than i doff his mask with your own uxorious fingers what does she mean was the refrain of poor jenny if said george gazing sternly at his traitress you do not go now of your own will 
i must drive you man though i am violently from the garden doff your mask and uh, i'm gone george made a step of menace towards her false saint she shrieked then i will unmask you like a panther she sprang upon him and clawed at his waxen cheeks jenny fell back mute with terror vainly did george try to free himself from his assailant who writhed round and round him clawing clawing at what jenny fancied to be his face with a wild cry jenny fell upon the furious creature and tried with all her childish strength to release her dear one the combative swayed to and fro a revulsive trinity there was a loud pop as though some great cork had been withdrawn and la gambogi recoiled she had torn away the mask it lay before her upon the lawn upturned to the sky george stood motionless la gambogi stared up into his face and her dark flush died swiftly away for there staring back at her was the man she had unmasked but lo his face was even as his mask had been line for line feature for feature it was the same twas a saint's face madam he said in the calm voice of despair your cheek may well blanch when you regard the ruin you have brought upon me nevertheless do i pardon you the gods have avenged through you the imposture i have wrought upon one who was dear to me for that unpardonable sin i am punished as for my poor bride whose love i stole by the means of that waxen semblance of her i cannot ask pardon o oh, jenny jenny do not look at me turn your eyes from the foul reality that i dissembled he shuddered and hid his face in his hands do not look at me i will go from the garden nor will i ever curse you with the odious spectacle of my face forget me forget me but as he turned to go jenny laid her hands upon his wrists and besought him that he would look at her for indeed she said i am bewildered by your strange words why did you woo me under a mask and why do you imagine i could love you less dearly seeing your own face he looked into her eyes on their violet surface he saw the tiny reflection of his own face he was filled with joy and wonder surely said jenny your face is even dearer to me even fairer than the semblance that hid it and deceived me i am not angry twas well that you veiled from me the full glory of your face for indeed i was not worthy to behold it too soon but i am your wife now let me look always at your own face let the time of my probation be over kiss me with your own lips so he took her in his arms as though she had been a little child and kissed her with his own lips she put her arms round his neck and he was happier than he had ever been they were alone in the garden now nor lay the mask any longer upon the lawn for the sun had melted it End of chapter 5 End of the Happy Hypocrite by Max Beerbohm